0: And welcome to another episode of our Take 15 series. I'm Rob Gowen, Director of Member Products at CFA Institute, and joining me today is Kerry Krasinski. Kerry is a thought leader in the growing field of sustainability and investing, uh, and he's a co-author of a book titled Sustainable Investing. Kerry is also Vice President at True Cost, uh, which is an environmental research firm uh, based in London, and he also teaches a course at Columbia University on sustainability and investing. Thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. All
0: right. Just to start things off, um, let's separate the definitions of ESG and SRI with sustainability investing because I know a lot of people tend to lump those into the same category.
1: Thanks for that. That's that's one of the more important things that we tried to write about in the book and in subsequent papers. Um, uh, We look at socially responsible investing as too broad a term. It encompasses things from alternative energy funds on the one hand to uh, funds that invest in a benchmark and subtract out alcohol, tobacco, and firearms on the other. These are two very different things. And uh, for us, sustainable investing involves a more positive approach, one that looks for opportunities, as well as looking to mitigate the risks from things like environmental factors, social factors, governance factors. And so we're very much trying to stress the positives.
0: So can you give us an example of how you would take your research and principles and incorporate that into the investment selection processes?
1: Sure. Uh, Each of these factors means different things. And actually, my definition of sustainability includes mainstream financial criteria as well. So, for example, General Motors would have been an unsustainable company simply on the back of it having an unsustainable business model, nothing nothing to do with ESG. Uh, But if you're looking to try to figure out what is a sustainable company, Uh, we look at environmental factors such as uh, greenhouse gas emissions, water abstraction, waste, pollutants, and what what happens if companies in a changing uh, world have to start internalizing these costs. Uh, Further, what are the opportunities coming from things like a world of constrained resources? And so the more you think about these things in a holistic manner, you end up with an interesting set of companies that are quite investable. Can you
0: give us an example of one or two companies that potentially embody the principles of sustainable investing?
1: Sure. uh, It it might surprise people, but uh, IBM would be a company that comes to mind. It's a company that keeps evolving, and certainly they didn't necessarily get it right in the Microsoft days, but they've gone on to evolve and look at uh, environmental solutions as a driver of their current business.
0: Is there an, another example? Like, I mean, IBM is, is sure. a consulting firm. Is there, is there yeah. a manufacturing or...? A
1: well, Vestas Wind Systems, uh, which I think I'll refer to later as well, is the lar- world's largest creator of wind energy and has been uh, dominating that field. So, so you can see how it can be a combination of kind of mainstream companies evolving as well as companies creating the solutions that, that the world now requires. Yeah, and you've, you've produced some research that show that companies that meet these
0: sustainability criteria also tend to outperform their peers that don't.
1: Exactly. And so the important thing to stress here is that we actually understand the myth that you can't outperform if you invest to your values because we actually find that that's true. If, if you look at the first wave of SRI, the, the funds that still dominate that industry, they don't largely outperform their benchmarks. They, they at best match benchmark performance. Whereas on the other hand, if you separate out these, these uh, funds that try to be positive and look for opportunities while mitigating their risk, uh, for our book, we, we looked at 850 uh, global SRI funds, isolated those that had a positive approach. Those had been outperforming the mainstream from uh, for one, three, and five years leading up to the end of 2007. Uh, we, we redid the analysis for a paper we did for a conference last fall and found the same thing through the first half of 2009. And this has now been correlated by findings of uh, Mark Fulton of Deutsche Asset Management. Abby Joseph Cohn of Goldman Sachs spoke about this recently as well. Paul Hawken uh, last week was written about by Mark Gunther of Fortune magazine. So study after study is correlating that the innovators and the sustainable companies are indeed outperforming.
0: Um, is, Is there a chance that there's a spurious relationship going on here, or are these sustainable companies just the beneficiaries of companies that have non-sustainable practices that perhaps may be integrated in a supply chain somewhere.
1: Yeah, well I think what's really going on is that there's a, something of a correlation between the best-run companies and those that are paying attention to sustainable, sustainability and trying to factor these things into their business practices. Uh, there is a definite correlation going on. I'm, I'm looking forward to someone writing a paper on that as well. Uh, this is somewhat related, but some of these companies that are um, showing up
0: on your sustainability list, um, is it just a byproduct of their industry or is this something that companies are proactively seeking to be more sustainable than others?
1: Uh, it's interesting. In our class at Columbia, we, we tried to create the most sustainable portfolio we could. And without trying, first of all, the portfolio outperformed by 252 basis points last year. Uh, second of all, the portfolio ended up being technology heavy. And the reason was that this is, the, this is the industry where you would expect the innovations to come from and the companies you would expect to be, uh, uh, it, that the, uh, the world would accept the solutions from. So, so that's not a terribly surprising finding. On the other hand, we had uh, very li- we were underweight financials and we had no health care whatsoever. So it was interesting. We weren't trying to do that, but that's the way the portfolio came together.
0: That's an interesting point. Is there, uh, finance is understandable because of, uh, poor balance sheets. We can say that they're, they're not running their business in a sustainable fashion from that regard. Right. Um, but healthcare, is there anything that you can point to on that front that excludes them from the list?
1: Uh, it was interesting. It, it, it wasn't clear why that happened, but certainly there are debates as to to what degree should that be in the public domain or not. And It was interesting to see that, that the course without trying came to that conclusion.
0: There's also some um, discussion uh, in some research that there may not be as large of an adoption as there should be among uh, the investing public or the institutional investors. So can you give us some thoughts on on how companies may incorporate this or, or your viewpoint of, of how they will?
1: Right. Uh, I think we've seen more of this integration in Europe. So the examples of the more uh, sustainable portfolios would, would be the likes of, say, Aviva, the fund manager in Europe who's truly integrating these things now into their, into their practices and there are a few other examples of that in Europe. And there are also uh, a number of funds primarily in Europe who have been doing this uh, more or less along the lines of our philosophies. There are a few startups now uh, here, but by and large, we, we, we've yet to see uh, full integration either at the fund manager or the asset owner level. And so that remains something of a first mover opportunity, we think. Do you think it's just
0: that a lot of these companies are rooted in traditional practices, or is there something else going
1: on? Uh, yeah, I think they've had a lot of success doing things the way they've been doing uh, doing them, and um, for a large fund manager to offer a sustainability fund, are they begging the question, are the rest of their funds not sustainable?
0: Can you, just to take the skeptics point of view for a second, sure. you know, there's been a lot of recent performance uh, or outperformance of the companies that make your sustainability index. but also in the media, it's very popular to think along those lines now. I mean, you know, we're in a tough economy. Uh, People are concerned about climate change and things of that nature. So is there somewhat of a non-fundamental factor that's driving performance here? People see or or these companies that to the public, it's not obvious that they should be on the sustainability list. So therefore, we can't attribute this outperformance to just popularity.
1: Right. Well, there are all sorts of sustainability risks. and I think that's why we're seeing uh, some of the more innovative companies moving in this direction, whether it's GE or it's um, Apple, Amazon, the the more innovative companies. I I think they're really trying to prepare themselves largely for the potential for regulatory risk, geopolitical risk. Uh, There's a whole litany of these risks. So in many ways, I don't think it's so much a trend as the fact that there really is a correlation between the best-run companies and those that are looking at at sustainability as an important criteria. Um, It hasn't been taken up by mainstream investors by and large. And it's an interesting question as to why.
0: So clearly sustainability covers things just beyond um, being green and not buying socially uh, inappropriate products and things of that nature. So uh, clearly this is a short interview so we don't have time to go through the whole theory. So are there other resources that people can look towards to capture some of those metrics that you would talk about. Uh,
1: absolutely. We're going to be uploading a presentation that, that can be reviewed. Uh, we, um, we would encourage people to visit our website, TrueCost.com, for more information on the environmental impacts assessments we make on companies, uh, and also uh, uh, CERC, the Unit Within the Earth Institute at Columbia, where I teach, there's more information about the course, and our book, Sustainable Investing, The Art of Long-Term Performance.
0: Great. Well, thanks a lot, Carrie. We really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to us about this uh, growing subject. And thanks for watching. And for more webcasts like this one, please visit cfawebcasts.org.
1: Copyright 2010 CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute.